I have 12.30 on my clock, so I'm going to start recording. And I want to welcome everyone. Thank you for taking part in uh, our Park Maintenance Roundtable. So I'm BK. I am the director of the Pennsylvania Park Maintenance Institute. Um, we, we started off uh, theoretically two years ago, um, and I just came on board this year in January. And we were all ready to go, going to conferences, going to expos, and talking about what the Institute was ready to do and how we're ready to serve you. And um, something happened in March that kind of changed that for all of us. So we pivoted, and we're trying to create a virtual presence, but continue to uh, move towards our mission to expand maintenance capacity of local parks. Um, we are focused here in Pennsylvania, and so we we look most to serve our communities and we work directly hand in hand with our localities here but of course this is something that's an important topic nationwide because we all have communities and we all are working towards serving our communities with recreational opportunities but maintenance is sometimes things that get forgotten and so that's what we want to focus on and that's why we want to create these opportunities for folks to share ideas with a community of experts. And so I am gonna ask you to help me and uh, I'll introduce some thoughts and kind of create the platform, but hopefully I have your contributions and your ideas here um, as we move forward. And so what I would like to do is kind of open it up to start. And there's some folks here, there's lots of groups of folks here. I'm seeing a whole bunch of folks were signed up from Phoenix. Um, and there was a group from Indiana, and, and there's people here with a purpose. So can you share with me some of your uh, real questions that you need answered here? And please introduce yourself as well. All right, I've always been told count to 10, and then you call <laughs> on someone. So Jeff, can you help me out? <laughs> Okay, I just unmuted myself. <laughs> um, Jeff Larson, Chandler, Arizona, Park Operations and Maintenance Manager for the City of Chandler. Uh, been here for about three years. Prior to that, I was in uh, Austin, Texas for seven, and then Pennsylvania for 10. Um, so I've been in uh, Park Operations and Maintenance for, it'll be 35 years this year. Uh, what am I here to learn? I'm here to learn, impart knowledge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeff. Yep. Uh, are there any, I guess I can pull more on some of your experience as we move forward, but have you found over the past months, is there something that really created the greatest challenge up first? Or is it just so much all at once you're just reacting and you haven't had an opportunity to go reflect yet? Well, with, you know, the COVID, once that started, you could see it coming um, in the beginning of the year, it was very difficult to react spontaneously. You know, when the governor says everything gets closed, well, you know, you just can't flip a switch and shut off uh, parks and maintenance activities and stuff like that. So we had to develop signs, we had to get staff out there, we had to take care of uh, things that were locked down or closed then we had to deal with the vandalism afterwards um so it's been an interesting reactive period um we're kind of going back toward normal now everything is open um we're still social distancing in a lot of areas but we do not regulate that that's not our we're not the social distance police and we are not the mask police so um everybody tries to social distance we have lots of signs up everywhere alerting to people to you know wash your hands and social distance and stuff like that so it's 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 new territory um never seen anything like this in in uh you know my lifetime and uh it's you know always new and different and things change so it'd be really interesting to try to predict um, how this is going to impact operations in the future, not only with uh, staffing levels and what we do, 
but also because of the revenue from the cities when their restaurants were closed or their gyms were closed or bars were closed, it had a huge revenue impact on their uh, taxes. And so there was talk about reductions. Of course, when the CARES Act came and the city got 29.9 million, um, they took the 10% reduction that they had scheduled off the table. But that's not, you know, that's just temporary. So I'm, we're kind of, you know, walking on eggshells right now to figure out what's going to happen if it does come around during this flu season that's going to be coming up in another month or so and how that's going to impact us um, again. Thanks, Jeff. I, I can see a few other folks on my screen here. So, Jody, before you have to go, I know you said you have to bounce out. Are there maybe even some common challenges that you've heard in what Jeff was explaining with us, or do you have some things that are completely different? Because you are in Missouri, you said, so it's a mm -hmm. different part of the country, or is it same challenges, different area? Well, there are, and again, I come from not only the parks end of it as a retired director, but I also, and I work closely with the park system here of the city county system of Springfield Green County Park Board, but also I'm at the university on full-time faculty. So I'm seeing the cross-reference of maintenance, which is very interesting because some of it has the same uh, basic uh, structure that has to be followed, obviously. There are certain principles that are the same. But I can tell you right now, one thing that they're doing here is periodically they're using volunteer monitors and hired monitors to deal with the distancing. And also what happens is they're out in the parks and in the facilities. And if you're doing that, you also are kind of keeping track of maintenance. And in some cases, those ambassadors might be able to do a little bit of the maintenance, whether it's keeping eyes on restrooms and different things. It almost comes back to the past philosophy that we used to have uh, grounds crews in certain neighborhood parks. You know, we kind of went to a universal system that had units, but because we're so large in our system, but I, I don't know, you know, this is having um, our community in general reanalyze the maintenance operations of the way, um, just going back to some of the original intent. Um, so I, I don't mean to make it sound rosy because there are hitches, um, but it's becoming very apparent that some of the ambassador type situation is has merit. So I just bring that forward because we're also starting to get ready to use some of that at the university. Um, we have, uh, and, and how we're doing that is we're having graduate assistants that are looking at some cleaning, making sure some of those are done. So I don't want to get too far off topic, um, but I do want you to know that there's some commonality that's kind of going through our community on the way to handle this monumental task. That brings up the, one of our topics, you know, the, the enforcement of things is definitely an interesting yes. discussion in a sense there. And that, that's interesting that using the, the ambassador model and kind of allowing volunteer systems to allow that. Now, are you seeing that in the public sector as well, or is it more in the university sector? Because um, that I could potentially see some union issues for municipalities yes. and things there. So I was just curious, where are you seeing that implemented more? Or is it both? Well, uh, you know, that's great comments you make on that. Yes, that's where it's uh, coming from. In the public sector, they are using hired, but there are some volunteer groups that are managing the ambassador part of it, just like they would for a special event or different things. Yes, unions, we have them, but there is a obligation at one point to for the public safety and the cleanliness of public safety. So that's where it's a fine line. And that's where you're up front and you start talking with your unions and see if they can come forward with enough manpower. But that's not happening. We don't have enough manpower. There's just too much. It's too vast of a system. 
Thank are there you for others? Yes, yes. Are, are, are there others out there that are experiencing this, you know, shortage of personnel, whether it be from furloughs or whether it be from just extra work now because maybe all of a sudden you're also supporting areas that were not necessarily under your purview and now that you're being stretched too thin do we is there common challenges there dean i saw you put your hand up yeah um where are you located dean yeah so i'm dean crane i'm the director of blacksburg parks and recreation in blacksburg virginia been here about 30 years and uh, one of the things we have no maintenance our maintenance is done through public works so we have to um, sync with their schedule, should I say. And now with COVID going on, uh, with all the different things that Public Works pulled into, uh, sometimes we're not as high on their priority list. And to the citizen, that doesn't matter. They call it to complain. They don't care whose fault it is, they want it done. Um, so if there's anybody out, I think there's 33 people on here. If there's anybody who works with a small municipality, we're 20,000, but we have Virginia Tech here. So we're about a 50,000 50, people squished into 20,000 amenities uh, that we have. And I'm just looking for any help on how to work with that relationship to uh, get the things I need done um, because none of those guys are mine. I actually have the exact same problem. Um, Alicia from Malvern Borough in Pennsylvania um, I am the only Parks and Rec employee and I do it 25% of my time that I'm here. Um, so our parks pretty much get looked over a lot and one of the main things that I'm actually on this call for is because our maintenance guys physically don't have the time to go out and sanitize our equipment every two hours like we're supposed to and you know X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, I have a committee of nine people, they're all volunteers, and then there's me, and I do this about 25% of the time that I'm in the office, and that's it. Uh, the rest of the stuff is kind of just done by parks, uh, you know, the committee um, or the maintenance guys handle a lot of our issues, but we don't have anybody specifically dedicated to our, um, the maintenance of our properties and making sure that they're, they're safe and they're up to date and, you know, all of the basic stuff. So have, have you tried implementing something like Jody was suggesting in kind of the, the ambassador model or having friends of parks and That's, has that effort yeah. been made? Or? We, we've actually been talking for a couple years about doing this ambassador program. Um, Willistown Township, which is right next to us, um, their director, Mary Hunt, has a really cool program where she has the, her board and they're all assigned to a park and their job is to just go and check that park out every couple of days, make sure everything's good. Um, I brought this idea forward to my committee and they loved it. So we're actually working with the nine people we have now to divide them up between the different parks we have to kind of say like, okay, for the next year, you're gonna go to this park, you're gonna check things out, you know, talk to people. If you have anything going on that you have questions about, like reach out to us you see something broken, you know, if you're there and someone's complaining about something, please like let us know. Um, so, so we're hoping that we can start to do something like that. Um, obviously it's starting to get back to school time now and I'm just concerned mostly about the significant amount of kids in my area here using the park and there'd be no cleaning in between. And um, you know, our facilities are technically, like our building's not open to the public still. Uh, we're still working like half staff. Uh, but our parks and stuff are open. We only really have a few parks that have play equipment, which is nice, but they get heavily used. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to think like when kids go back to school, what's going to happen to our parks? How, how are they going to be used different than where they were last year when kids went back to school? You know, there's nobody using them during the day. They're only using them after hours. Um, lots of questions today. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you bring up some very good points and it kind of leads into some of the questions I had for the group here. And I'm, I'm going to lead on Jeff a little on this one because I know where his uh, operations stand on some of these things. But when we talk about COVID protocols, um, you know, you're, you're talking about sanitation. And now is that need or the, the 
is that coming from your community that's asking for that as an expectation or is that coming from an operational standpoint where we've been told we had to do that or you know why why is that a, a pressing need so it really wasn't anything that was on my radar i don't have kids i don't use play equipment that much it's not really something that's on my radar um, but it was actually during a last parks and rec meeting a few of the parents who were on parks and rec said is there any way we can get hand wipes or sanitation stuff done for our parks? And I was like, let me reach out. I know we don't have the staff to sanitize like we're supposed to, like we get the guidelines and this is what's supposed to happen. There's no way that that's physically going to happen here unless we hire an entire another team of people just to deal with that, um, which is not going to happen at least anytime soon. Um, so we're trying to figure out like what, what of these guidelines do we have to do? what are things that we can um like do sometimes what is stuff that we can totally just like okay we don't have time we don't have the manpower for it we can just you know skip that um yeah so it's mostly from the committee and they are the community um nobody on council or anybody in the in-house here in the office has ever said anything um my public works director actually told me to get on this call because he's like I have no idea what to do um yeah find out do some research and get back to me what what we should do because we're all just like we don't know um, okay and how big yeah. is your how big is your municipality and the so so space wise we're 1.3 square miles uh we're very small we have about 3,500 residents um but we are at the very end of the main line so we get a lot of people that come here as like they want to come to Malvern Borough. It's a cute little Victorian neighborhood. They come and walk around and use our parks and stuff like that. Um, so we uh, we definitely have an influx of people that use our facilities that aren't just residents. That gotcha. you know, that's also what I'm concerned about. You know, if it was just residents, like little community park, but they're massive parks in the middle of our town that get heavily used by a lot of people. Great. Great. So I'm going to lead in. Jeff, what were your COVID protocols? I remember from our discussion the other day. Well, most of the, most of the stuff had to deal with signage. You know, we, we had uh, repurposed some of our activities to go around and power wash. We had a uh, new hot water uh, power washer and they would go around to the playgrounds and all park amenities. Uh, all our restrooms were closed um at that time uh people uh, like uh alicia said about uh you know putting out hand sanitizers and wipes and stuff but you know when the height of the covid was that you couldn't get any of that stuff all our supplies chains were closed um so we told people that uh you know if you if you're at home and you have that stuff bring it with you and use it because we couldn't get it um uh so we didn't go out and do any extra you know uh, cleanings. We didn't have people at playgrounds and um, a lot of people were staying home or walking trails, uh, social distancing on that. Uh, and that's that's pretty much as far as the, the, the protocols. Um, now, of course, we started this um, check-in every morning. You have to uh, do a QR code, opens up to a bunch of questions and they say, have you been uh, QV, COVID tested? In the last two weeks, do you have any symptoms? Blah blah blah, and then at the end it says, "Well, you're you're good to go. You can go to work or um, call contact your supervisor if you answered any any questions." Which reminds me, I had to fill out my thing this morning. So you're you're but, doing that? Is that through a computer system or some kind of management system, or is it just honor code and you're checking it every day? Or no, no, is... no. They uh, you do it off your smartphone. Hit the QR code, opens up to a web page. Um, you answer some questions on the web page. You have to sign your name at the bottom, and that the results go to HR department. Uh, HR, if they see a, an anomaly or some problem, then what they'll do is they'll contact the supervisor and say, "Hey, by the way, this guy said um, yes, he had symptoms, like symptoms. You might want to check into it." So um, they started off with aquatics um, because they opened it up, um, and then they uh went to recreation and parks and libraries are doing it now so it's going across your whole government system oh, basically. It, it'll be it'll be throughout the city and I, I don't know how everybody 
if there anybody had their employees that were COVID um, infected, uh, but we've had some people that came in and said, well, it's not really that bad. No, you have symptoms, go home. Um, we have people who have family members who had COVID and they'd still come into work. So the city, you know, had to come up with a, a list of protocols and procedures of what you can and can't do. So I, I've had to send people home already. Um, hey, don't come to work, you know better, and uh, go from there. And how is that impacting your operations then? Is, are you well, kind of ready for it or is it something that, oh, wow, this is going to impact us? I think the biggest thing was a lot of people were freaked out um, that one of their coworkers had been in there and worked with them shoulder to shoulder um, and had symptoms. Um, so, you know, obviously anytime somebody comes in uh, or has been diagnosed with COVID, they have to go do a deep clean of their office and their work area. Um, the building that I'm in, usually if somebody gets it, we have three different divisions in this building. Um, if somebody in any of the divisions gets it, they go through the whole building and do the whole building uh, because there's a lot of common areas. Um, so it's, I think it was that we've lost, uh, you know, two or three people um, every week to COVID or, you know, people either staying after two weeks or, you know, one's got symptoms and or somebody else family member has symptoms. Um, the testing part was the most difficult, I guess, because sometimes you didn't know for five or 10 days um, and you could be asymptomatic and come back and infect other people. So um, I, tell, I tell people, social distance, wear your mask. If you can't, wash your hands, don't, don't touch your, your, your face. And uh, it's been, at least for us, it's been pretty good so far. And how, how big is the community that you're serving? Uh, 300,000. It probably swells to about 400,000 or so during the day that we have a lot of businesses here like Intel. Um, so we have uh, about 15 to 2,000 city employees and I have 53 in my division for park operations. And I guess some, just as a question for some folks here, as far as structure goes, are you part of public works or are you a park maintenance separate part of parks or how is your division set up? No, thankfully we're not part of public works. Uh, we have our own staff. We take care of our own facilities. Uh, we're under, it's a community services uh, department. Um, it's recreation, parks and libraries. So, Parks is its own division. We, we have our own maintenance. Of course, we have a lot of contract money too. And then we have contractors going out and taking care of parks as well. And were you deemed an essential service at the, the first break of everything? Or was that something you had to scrap for? No, governor put, put our park maintenance personnel as essential. And I think in the first or second paragraph of this executive order, I felt honored because that's the first time in how many years that we've been deemed essential by somebody other than ourselves. And uh, so then the city came back and said, all city employees are essential. And so um, we're out there maintaining the assets of the park. Um, so that's, you know, that they, they wanted the grass cut, they wanted everything taken care of, all the assets. Because obviously, you know, if, if, if we were deemed non-essential and we had to stay home, um, what the parks would look like after three or four months. Thank you. So I'm curious, it brings up one of my other questions that I had here for folks to think about is, you know, the, the, that, that being essential as a service for our communities, are there some folks out there that that was a challenge? especially at the very beginning of things. And maybe now as we think budget-wise, uh, some, some of the steps that we need to take to make sure that we are showing that we are essential and how we're calculating those things and proving that. I see a few folks. Can I ask uh, Sean, since I can see your face? Sorry, I was just going through and typing all up in the uh, chat room here. So, um, uh, 
so how how are we essential right now? That's our our biggest message uh, for our marketing uh, department, communications department right now. Um, so Sean Fertitta from Pittsburgh Parks Conservancy, um, and you know that's what we are seeing is you know our our parks are being uh, utilized uh, more than ever before. Um, you know, we're having the same issues everyone else here is having. Um, you know, how do we sort of keep our doors open as a nonprofit uh, and still provide services in the parks? Um, so we're trying to balance uh, for us the, the sort of the community need versus uh, <laughs> uh, our organizational needs, trying to restructure. Um, one of the things I was actually just typing, um, we were talking about uh, park maintenance before, uh, we have sort of a combination. There are certain areas in Pittsburgh parks, there's 165 parks. Uh, there are some areas that I've put ambassadors in there. Um, so they do clean the restrooms, they do litter pick, they just kind of keep an eye on the space. Uh, they are that sort of uh, on the ground uh, contact with, uh, with City Hall if we have uh, homeless homelessness uh mental health addiction whatever the you know sort of public health issues that might arise you know we can just you know call up the appropriate people and and get services there uh to, to anyone in need uh and we are definitely seeing that uh that increase or at least be uh magnified with with covid um We've also, because of the, the high park usage, we are in the process of developing a volunteer, almost like a green team program, where someone can email us. We will provide them with uh, trash bags, with gloves. You can go out. We are working with the Department of Public Works, and we're almost sort of like highlighting, really trying to be equitable, right? Highlight different uh, parks around the city. Um, like this week, we're going to focus on these two parks and, you know, everyone go and sort of clean up those two parks. So we're trying to work in, in conjunction with the city uh, and, and build that partnership, trying to help them out. But uh, knowing that, you know, we're, we're willing to do that sort of heavy lift for them. So those are just some of the things that we're doing. Uh, we do have signage around our parks, uh, like be a good neighbor kind of uh, signage, you know, wear your mask you know, practice your, your physical distancing. Uh, not only do we have that at any of our sort of pop-up programs like yoga, things like that, that, you know, line dancing that we can do uh, distanced, uh, but we just have them just so if you're walking into a main entrance of a park, you see the sign. Um, so those are just some of the things that we're doing uh, here in Pittsburgh. And uh, unfortunately, I do, unless someone's got a question. I've got to hop off because I am uh, the COVID, the, the pandemic uh, manager here, uh, and I've got a, a COVID meeting at one o'clock. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for contributing. Yeah, and you're in Pittsburgh, correct? Pittsburgh, that is correct. All right. So thank you. That's uh, for folks, that's one of the bigger uh, park systems here in Pennsylvania. Of course, Philadelphia, you have your the other side of the state. If everyone's not familiar but yes thank you very much sean now, thanks and, and um, dean by the way if dean just spoke earlier uh, i am a, a, a virginia tech alum so go hokies there we go all there's right a connection thanks. there thank you right. <laughs> chris i see you there are some of these challenges that you've heard similar or you know are are there completely different things that you are experiencing um you know whether it be trying to I guess, prove worth in a sense, or? Um... Um, uh, there have been a lot of commonalities, especially I, I mentioned it in the comments with uh, Dean and Alicia. I'm a department of one and maintenance is done by the road crew. Um, I'm fortunate that I have a road crew that does put in a lot of effort at our parks. Um, two years ago, it was kind of a big deal. We actually got one person who was dedicated to just to mow the lawns, so I didn't have to beg them to do it on like a weekly basis anymore. Um, but, uh, as far as proving worth, I would not, I don't, that's not something that I have had to do. Um, again, being a department of one, um, you know, we don't, parks doesn't take up a huge amount of the budget and the maintenance is done by the road crew, which is definitely essential. So, um, the, the board of supervisors 
at, in Middle Smithfield Township has been very supportive of the parks all along. Um, and so that's not something that I've had to deal with, although I, I, I know that other people definitely have. Um, we're actually one of the few townships in Monroe County that has a parks department. Um, there are others, but many of the uh, townships around here don't, they don't have a, a, they don't have a parks person on staff at all. They have parks, but everything's just maintained by the, the road crew and there's no one, there's no, there might be a point person, there might be a parks director, but who is also one of the supervisors in the township, but they don't have a professional person on staff. Um, so Middle Smithfield is, is lucky that way that we have somebody on staff who is dedicated just to the parks. So I think just based on that, it's the, that just shows that the township values its park system for sure. Do you see a difference in what's being offered in your community versus the communities around, maybe because of that structure or um, the maintenance yeah, we, of those ex yeah, facilities? Yeah, we have um, we have a lot of services that uh, other parks in our area don't have. We have a 99-bed community garden. Um, there are uh, other community gardens but our, in the area. Ours is by far the largest, and we have a really good working relationship with the local chapter of the Penn State Master Gardeners. So we not this year, everything got canceled because of social distancing um, and COVID, et cetera. But we normally have uh, a gardening learning series. It, there's usually do six or seven classes throughout the year about different gardening topics. Um, we have a similar uh, relationship with the Monroe County Beekeepers Association. We have uh, an apiary at the community gardens that is run by them and they do beekeeping classes. Um, we also have a relationship with a local dog trainer who does dog trainings at our uh, park, um, which the, the one in the spring was canceled, but uh, the other, the one in the summer happened and the one in the fall is expected to happen. Um, so yeah, having, having a, a dedicated parks department definitely shows in the amount of things that we can offer. We're the only ones around doing all of these classes we're the only ones around who have a community garden that's as large as it is we have our dog park is several years old now and a few have started to uh, pop up in the area but ours was the first in the county um so just being having a dedicated parks department is very important and it and we're just able to provide so much more i guess i'm kind of how does the communication go? So if you're if you're working with Public Works or you, you're not necessarily uh, running the logistics of everything, are you building or are you are you building the community gardens too, or does there take coordination between your program and and then the other entities that well, have to put I these that, things as in? Far, as far as the community garden goes, that's pretty much built out. There's not really any more room to grow. However, it's we have we have a lot of dedicated volunteers at the community gardens who mo it was mo when it was first built about six years ago uh public works did a lot of the groundwork they built the the deer fence around it etc um and they do some of the maintenance but since the initial construction it's mainly been done by volunteers the volunteers you know we provide the the wood to build the, the plots but we have volunteers who actually put them together and the gardeners are, we provide them with soil and compost, et cetera, but it, whoever's, you know, when someone signs up to take a bed, it's their responsibility to actually fill the plot with, with their compost and, and soil. Um, and we have volunteers who uh, weed whack um, the common areas. Um, the, the only two things that our maintenance crew does at the community gardens on a regular basis is fill the water tanks and mow the lawn around the playground that's if i need something else that's not, that the volunteers can't handle then um we go we do that with the road crew on a case-by-case -case basis but it's almost entirely maintained by volunteers at this point um as far as the other parks they have their regular weekly duties as far as mowing the lawn etc um and i do quarterly maintenance checks um, I mean, if things come up between then, obviously I send it to the road crew and say, hey, this needs to be done, but I do ma quarterly maintenance checks, send that to the foreman um, with anything that needs to be taken care of. Um, and they, depending on how it, important it is, sometimes it gets done right away, sometimes they have to prioritize whatever road they're paving at that particular moment, and they'll get to it when they can get to it. 
And what kind of communication system do you utilize in that sense? Uh, that, might, that might be one of the biggest challenges that kind of it's created for folks is we're all using different systems and we're all using different processes and maybe the bridges don't exist between those systems and, and then it starts getting the IT guy involved and is your computer plugged in? Yes, I've, you know, the cash <laughs> and all that wonderful stuff. So, I mean, or are you paper-based still? I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I take a paper checklist with me to, out to the park and I write it up and then I, I'll, I'll do a, a separate report in an email, but I'll attach scans of my checklists and when I send them out. Um, so it's mainly by email or the foreman actually comes into the office several times a week. So if I can grab his attention for five minutes and tell him what I need, then I'll do it that way as well. So it's, it's mainly email and, and just when I see him, I verbally tell him things. Um, we don't have any um, software that we're using. Um, I know that, that that they exist, but we don't we don't have like you a, don't have the need for like that a, necessarily. What's that? Yeah, Do we don't the... we don't have a need for for parks software. Larger communities, I think, use them, but we don't really we don't need it at the at this point. Um, we have about uh, sixteen thousand people, five parks. Um, we're about 50, 50 square acres, fifty fifty square miles. Excuse me. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, uh, Dean, I guess I can ask you that question in a sense too. Is the the biggest challenge of working with the public works? What is it? The communication, or is it expectations, or where where is there grease points to potentially work on? It's expectations and follow through. Um, they're really nice people. They're they're super to work with and to talk with and hold on yards, but. Um, for instance, um, park benches are, don't, they're donated, they're sold through me, right? And you get a little plaque on it, the whole nine yards, we get a little revenue from that. Um, but they have to install them. So I said, hey, I made the sale, we're ready to go, when can this happen? Oh, in about two weeks. Two weeks goes by, hey, when's this bench gonna go in? Oh, we've been really busy over here, we'll get to that. Then I get the angry email from the customer who already paid $650 and says, where's my bench? And you can't throw them under the bus. You have to say, it's on our work schedule. We're getting to it. It's just, just that round robin. Um, and it's also just preference of, uh, uh, I, I view myself as a trained professional. I can walk into a park and I can see 10 things that need to be fixed. Why didn't the guy on the mower see that? So we work, we try to work, we have a good communication system, but it's a follow through. Well, what yeah, we sort of tools we, we or have, Sorry, sometimes, Chris, go ahead. We, sometimes we have similar issues with the follow through. Um, fortunately, the, the supervisor who is the parks director and the, uh, and the, the chief of, he, he, he runs park, uh, park maintenance and, um, and the road crew. He's in charge of both of those things. Um, so sometimes I'll have something where, you know, I have something that needs to happen in a park and they say, oh, we'll get to it in a week or two. Three months goes by and it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, I can have him, you know, kick them into actually doing it if I need to. But yeah, there's definitely, again, depending on how important it is in their view, uh, it could, they might do it right away, but sometimes it, I have to remind them over and over and over again. Same here. Well, if anyone doesn't have anything to add too much at this point, I'm going to change the topic. And uh, I want to ask about something that rentals, facility rentals. I know a lot of folks rely on that income um, to help run the, their, their programs or even their departments, um, especially I, I know Around here, the big thing was softball leagues, and everybody's a professional softball player. And those, you make money off of renting those fields and things, but if they're not allowed to be playing softball, that's a big loss of income over those years, but you still have to maintain that field. So are there some folks that either are having challenges with these things, or are there any success stories out there where they've been able to turn things around? I, I are, I'm noticing... The fitness people, when the basketball courts had to all get shut down, there were fitness people all over holding the aerobics classes on the basketball court. So I don't know if they're making money or if they were just doing that as a good of a community. 
Judy, how are you guys doing with your rentals? Hi, this is Ermis from Culver City, California. We have actually opened up our uh, rentals for park sites now. So we're not doing any indoor rentals. Currently, we're doing only mm -hmm. film shoots, um, photo shoots. Um, we're opening up our youth sports. That should be coming out um, beginning in September. And just no adult sports right now. We're still working with LA County. I just got off a call yesterday about the battle, the batting cages because that's a big thing. As we open back up youth sports, we have batting cages that are located outside, but under the LA County, it's stating that no batting cages are open. So they're going to have to readjust their uh, p policies right now. Um, other than that, that's where we're kind of at. We're just slowly reopening things back up. We also opened up our childcare um, providers area so they are able to operate now so that's bringing in a little bit of revenue into the department but we're really looking at um, commercial rentals because a lot of municipal codes are against businesses operating gyms inside of our parks so we're actually going to do and we did an executive order to allow that um, to go on as long as we're under COVID-19 so that'll also bring a lot of those you know private <laughs> uh, I have my trainer at the park and we're roping around our trees and things like that to do push-ups we're gonna go ahead and open up that permit process for them well that's good is that are you having to change your infrastructure or do anything to your facilities and to change be, because of this uh i guess shift in usage or are you just going to keep things as is so we have to do a little bit of measuring out and trying to figure out what field spaces where we're going to use and you know which parks can support having youth sports and other groups on there so we, we're definitely looking at our mowing schedules now and when are we going to water and are we going to do set hours of when we can have commercial renters on the different sites so yeah it's definitely an overhaul on how we're we're doing every aspect of our department so how I guess still while I got you before you unmute yourself, uh, how how is that planning process going along? Is it coming a top down kind of approach, or is are you actually are there multiple departments coming in on this, or how is this being decided? So it always starts with a complaint. <laughs> okay. So it started with a complaint, and it went to city council and city manager, and then they were like, "Hey, what are we doing about this?" So um, it's pretty much our director along with myself. I'm in charge of, I'm a supervisor in charge of um, park facilities. So I handle the programming and some of the upkeep of the facilities. And then we also have a park maintenance side of our department. So along with myself um, and a couple of other managers and um, one of the managers in our public works department, we've been kind of working together with our legal team to get everything in order. So that's our team. So it's a couple of different people from different aspects of it, um, just to make sure that we're covering all of our bases. That's great. So you, you're you're involving the public works along with your folks too. So you must have dedicated park maintenance folks. So I'm still searching for somebody for you, Dean. Uh, we're trying to see if we can find somebody that only is dealing with public works. I know uh, Pittsburgh, as an example, uh, is they the park maintenance is underneath of public works as a process too so that it's a different kind of structure in that way communication wise what i'm interested in folks smaller municipalities it sounds like like chris is using kind of a paper-based system and things but are there folks out there using more whether it be spreadsheets or going even as far as using uh work you know workflow systems and computerized management you know cmms systems bk this is judy from hey there, judy. spring township in berks county pennsylvania um Couple, well, a couple answers, I guess, to a couple of your questions. Uh, first, the most recent question. Our township just last year had purchased a software program, an asset management program 
that had work orders and everything. And we spent the better part of the year getting it built and everything. Um, we used it for about two months and uh, the new public works director didn't like the program. So now we're not using that. Um, Dean, I feel your pain um, as far as having to deal with public works. Um, I used to be uh, the public work, assistant public works director in addition to parks recreation director. Uh, that is a recent change that has taken place. And um, I would say that it has been the most challenging six months of my professional career dealing with public works uh, currently to get park maintenance work done. Um, and amen to your comment, Dean, about, you know, you go out to the park and you see six things that are wrong and how come no one else saw this and what don't they get about that? Um, so I, I'm in a very similar situation with that at this time. Um, I think you had asked me, BK, about facilities. And we started renting facilities um, beginning of July, uh, once Pennsylvania, our county, went to the governor's green phase. And our pavilions have been, we've had rentals. It's not near what we normally do. Uh, we range from, you know, people are, I think, are still afraid to get together, to we've had some people who call us on Monday that, their wedding venue for Saturday has canceled because it was indoors and now they're scrambling to find a place to get married. Um, and we've you know, done what we can to, to help them out. Um, athletic facility wise, we had a lot of people asking in June, are you gonna open the fields? Are you gonna open the fields? And then when we actually could, and they took registrations, they didn't get the number of kids or the number of people to actually make it worthwhile them having you know, having the sport. Now we are getting more requests for soccer starting now, you know, to start up in September. Um, but right now I have a park board meeting tonight and they're gonna discuss, you know, our governor has said he doesn't think they should be playing youth sports until January. So we're, the township has to decide if we're going to maintain and keep them open. So that's where we are right now. Yes, that is one of the, in Pennsylvania here, it's also interesting, depending on the county you're in here in Pennsylvania, your experience could be completely different too, just because of uh, decisions being made by the powers that be in that county. Um, is, Judy, going kind of back to your challenges that, you know, between the public works, is there a, is there a solution? Is there a potential, um, approach or is there a certain um, best practice that you have found to uh, serenity now, if you will, right? Um, I haven't found that answer yet. Um, in, I, I apparently have been very lucky in the past years of my career that I've had public works directors who were very supportive of parks. Um, partially why I had gotten into assisting at Public Works was to help foster that experience, you know, that relationship and keep parks in the forefront. Um, but right now, I, I unfortunately know I don't have an answer. I'm not sure how this is going to work out, unfortunately. Well, I, I guess that's, Let's see how right. we can help you as we go along. Hopefully we can help figure it out together one day, right? Um, I'm going to go through some of the comments that we have that have been going. We've been asking uh, for checklists and things. It looks like for um, questions they're willing to share on HIPAA protocols around this process. Um, so I guess it's mainly on COVID policies and checklists. So uh, have people been developing, I guess, as, as your maintenance crews need to go out and solve some of these problems that uh, the, the complaints, as we said earlier, uh, were kind of being reactive. So what are some of the tools we've been putting together to help react and at least show we're putting our best, our best foot forward and, um, not creating more problems for people when we're trying to solve solutions. Are there certain tools or resources that people have put together that are new?
Dane, you kind of nodded your head a little bit, and then you're shaking. Yeah, we don't have a, per se a checklist. The one thing that we have done, the local directors in our area, we have a Zoom meeting once a week. Um, so we're trying to, even though we're all different municipalities and we're paid by different governments, um, we're trying to say, well, what's your standard of clean for your playground or what's your standard for bringing back youth sports or what's, what are you doing? And just trying to collectively, and, and that's why I'm on the Pittsburgh or the Pennsylvania uh, you know, park maintenance from Virginia. Just I'm just trying to find out different ideas. So that's the only thing that has really helped us tremendously is just having an open conversation with our, our like communities. Um, I'm also on the Virginia <clears throat> Recreation State Board and I'm trying to pick across the state as well. Um, so I just jumped to a different state today to see what you guys were doing. But it's just communication is probably the best thing because you don't have to create the wheel. Great. I, I saw a comment just jump in here. David, do you have the capability to talk with us? I just saw your, David is a public works director and he does public grounds. And so maybe he can give us some insight into your, your question, Dean. Maybe he doesn't have the capability to microphone. There we go. It says you're talking, David, but we can't hear you. Uh, technology difficulties. Uh, he does say communication is key in his uh, response in there in the chat box. Um, as a, a little logistical note for folks here, um, we are recording this, so the, our discussion will be captured. Uh, we will have access to that. Uh, and you can feel free to send me an email and I can uh, send you the transcript of all of the, the notes in the chat as well if you didn't have a chance to capture those. Um, <clears throat> As we're getting close to the end of our hour here, I just wanted to touch on one little last topic um, in, in budgeting and people kind of, I want you to pull out your, your, your crystal ball if you could, and, um, or if you know anything that's kind of happening in your communities. And are you feeling that you're going to have to tighten that belt or have you already been kind of told you are an essential service and uh, don't worry about it. You're covered. It's you don't go spending more, but you're you're just straight on through. BK, this is Judy from Spring Township again. Hey, uh, we've already had to submit a list of projects that we're not going to do this year, um, and they may probably will not be able to be carried over to next year either. Um, and I'm, you know, we, when the pandemic happened, uh, I was kept on as essential, but most of the township staff was sent home for several weeks. And I didn't get my full staff back until the beginning of June, um, because, you know, if programs are canceled, what do we need programming staff for is the theory. Um, so I'm, I'm very concerned that when it comes budget time, you know, you know, they're not getting rid of police, fire, or public works. Um, so I'm concerned that we'll be able to keep our programming staff. Is, I hate to say, but is there a plan B or you'll just get to that when you have to? Can you cut uh, expenditures another way and that way you can still keep people on? I know I speaking with Jeff a week ago, you know, he says that no matter what he was trying to do is he would cut budgets out of projects and those kind of expenditures to make sure they were keeping staff. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't been able to have those discussions yet. Um, one of the things that isn't helping us is that other locations within the commonwealth even the county that we're in uh the county that we're we are in has canceled all of their events and programs for the rest of the year and they've just laid off three programming staff um there's other municipalities that have laid off people so you know they won't be the first one so it's easier i think that way for them but you know we're gonna 
do the best we can. But um, like I said, we're we're all very well aware of the of the reality that it could be. Other thoughts out there? I see that Brent from Minneapolis is saying they've been asked to cut 10%. I always wonder where they come up with these numbers as far as the percentages, if they figured that out or if they just pulled that arbitrarily. Um, also, uh, we see David saying we've had to place some projects on hold. Uh, not willing to fill open positions yet. Yeah, that's that's one of the challenges too, is even if, I'm curious if there's many people worried that even if you furlough staff at the point you can bring them back, are they still going to be available or uh, will you have to be retraining or are you not worried about those kind of things out there? Dean, I saw you. You're, you're on video. I can see you. Yeah, nodding, so yeah, I, can... I feel like I'm a panelist. I don't mean to <laughs> you are right now. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that we've um, we've not been given a percentage to cut. We were just told to look at projects that we knew couldn't happen um, that could be cut off of things. So, you know, I was told to cut basically $250,000 out of the budget. Um, no percentage, just that's our first round. So one of the things we did is we've elongated instead of uh, buying vehicles on our, you know, our scheduling is we're rolling them back two years. Um, that has helped the town tremendously. Um, the other thing we're trying to do is and I've made, made it a point where my, my manager understands the easy thing is for us to cancel everything we do and just go home. The hard thing is to do is how to figure out with all the regulations and still offer your public something to do. Um, so we were able to do 4th of July and we cut out the music and the festival, but we still had a socially distanced fireworks program and people came out to that and really thanked us because we did something. Now that also could have been a huge saving of you know $25,000, but we have to do something for our program. So the, just telling us that we're essential is one thing, but you know, we're trying to tell the public, no, we are essential because we have to do things so you can get out and about. And it's, it's worked for us. Well, thank you, thank you. I just had a question come through from uh, Tom Sexton, who is actually uh, from the Rails to Trails program in the region here. Um, and he was just saying that a lot of the, the comments and the, the issues that are shared today um, are these things that we're seeing on just trails too, you know, because we are kind of thinking park as a closed area. But if we look at it uh, from, you know, Tom's viewpoint, a trail is a park that just continues and even has more access points. And so are we hearing um, similar comments in those kind of challenges? I just Most pulled definitely. you, I just asked your question, Tom. I see you topped on there. You want Most to expand? Oh, you're muted. Here you go. Now I see it connecting. Yeah. There you go. You're unmuted, Tom. Okay, sorry. Uh, I thought I'm getting feedback now. I thought I was on the phone. Um, some of these issues that I've listened to today are are are, are the same and sometimes different. Um, Ambassadors, for example, uh, have been used at some some trails and have been uh, very useful. Um, maintenance crews, volunteer maintenance crews, which there are a lot of with rail trails, especially uh, they do, and sometimes they're the only uh, maintenance for uh, very long trails. Um, and they were somewhat cut back in the beginning of the spring. But now uh, they're finding ways to work around uh, around that, and they're 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 back. Uh, sometimes I don't have a, a real good crystal ball on this nationally, but um, at least in the, the north uh, east in the, in my region, in ten states, um, we're, we're we're hearing, uh, and I'd like to do more research on this. 
and get back to you, but we're, we're hearing that they're getting back up to their, to their, to their levels uh, they were pre-COVID. So I just wondered if anybody had any thoughts, not just on, on, on that on maintenance, but other issues as well. Well, we are coming to the end of our hour here. I hear all my other devices starting to send me reminders. So I want to be respectful for everyone's time. Um, if we have not had a chance to answer your question, I see a few more questions that were in the chat box there. I will reach out to you directly. Um, I do have your email because you've registered, but please also reach out to me. Let me know what questions are, are creating challenges for you, or maybe you have things that you can share. Um, resources, tips, tricks, uh, files that you have and templates and things like that. That's the Institute is trying to gather all of these best practices that people are using and trying to put them all in one place. And so that way we have a library of best practices across industries, across the country. Um, and, and we can also, I've been sifting things through. That's why I'm asking how big is your municipality? So that way we can organize things and it's most applicable to you. It's one thing to have a template for um, a plan for something in a city. And there's another one to have one for a small municipality. And all I need is a fence. So we're trying to make it useful for you as the community. Um, please reach out. Um, look us up and I will be hosting another one of these in two months and I will also be having uh, we're going to be releasing a schedule of our future webinar events so please look me up bk at prps.org and um, I hope to see you again in the future thank you very much for participating thank you for being on call for the folks that were on camera and I look forward to our next event thank you